Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host Agnes. And I'm the other co-host Margaret. This podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today. Doesn't it feel weird recording now? I know, because we've had like a month off. I like seriously like was forgetting how to actually navigate our platform. I was like, wait, where are all the buttons? Yeah. Like, how does this work again? <laughs> yeah, I was like plugging in my microphone. I'm like, is that how it goes in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, okay, we did record some episodes over our break. So it's not like we're completely illiterate when it comes to recording podcast episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it just feels really weird. So in case you didn't notice, we took the month of July off. We were still a little bit more active on Instagram, um, a little bit on Patreon here and there. But for the most part, we did not record any episodes. And we just took this month to focus on ourselves as well as kind of like revamping our podcast and just building more creativity and doing a lot of like the extra boring things that you guys probably don't want to hear about. Yeah, a lot of the behind the scenes work. Um, so you might notice that there's a few slight details, a few slight details that are different with our podcast episodes going forward, just, you know, little updates and tweaks here and there with how everything is run. So we've got that going. Agnes, why don't you share the very exciting piece of news that we finally accomplished 40 episodes <laughs> later? <laughs> We are now on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much difficulty in the beginning getting on Apple Podcasts. It was just a train wreck and we kind of just gave up. So here we are like a year after starting our podcast. We're finally on Apple. And of course, as always, we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. Or you could also access all of our episodes on our website at unrefinedwomen.com. Look at us just being so like marketing our podcast. <laughs> Oh, one more place. One more place. Patreon. Come oh, and yeah. subscribe to our. Yeah. Come subscribe to our Patreon page. Uh, we're on Patreon. Just look up Unrefined Women on there. And we do some extra posting each month as well as a bonus episode. And you're going to want to get on there quickly because we are going to be doing a book club. Um, in September, we are reading. Uh, what's the name of the book again, Agnes? Where the Crow Dead Sing by Delia Owens. Yes, exactly. Because the movie just came out and I want to see it, but I want to read the book first. So we are going to be doing a little book club. So if you want to do the book club with us, go on Patreon. Um, we're going to be putting up some instructions on there. Basically like a deadline to read the book by. And then um, I'm not sure yet, Agnes, if we're going to do like a little meeting. Like we could either schedule like a little patreon like live sort of book club meeting to discuss the book when we're done or we'll do like like a posting where people can answer questions and we can kind of deliberate on the book so that's something fun we're going to be trying out yeah and then just leave your comments or just let us know what you guys think we should do because I'm really really excited and especially in this last month I have been reading so so much I think I read like four books in the month of July, which is like record breaking for me because I can't focus on anything. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to like dig into these topics. And of course, recommendations are required from you guys. So let us know if there's a book that you guys have been interested in diving into or you've read in the past and you want to read it again with us. We would love to hear what you guys want to read. 
Yeah. And I think, of course, like we're totally down for books all about learning. Um, But I think I've just been enjoying this year reading some fictional books and some books that are just more for self-care, just that are fun, that make me feel good and help me to just kind of get lost in the story. So those two, Mm -hmm. a nice, healthy mix of both. Mm -hmm. The other update that we do have is... I guess this is unfortunate and fortunate depending on how you view it, but we are actually going to be releasing our episodes bi-weekly instead of weekly. So this way we're going to be able to extract more energy into our social medias, especially into our Patreon. And we want to give more, I guess you could say wholehearted episodes. And I think that by doing that, it's, best if we do episodes bi-weekly so that every other week you guys are getting some like really good content and really good episodes that we've spent a little bit more time editing and preparing for and um, contemplating Um, and then of course we're going to have our monthly episodes besides that up on our patreon so it was really important for us in the first year of our podcast to be cons- like posting consistently every week. I guess that's like really good for the algorithm. But I think now that we're heading into our second year and second season, we really want to just hone in what we're working on or what we're releasing and focusing more on quality over quantity. And I think, too, just making sure that continuing our podcast is something that's sustainable for us because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money to have a podcast going. You know, especially for us, we're not full-time podcasters. We have jobs, we have responsibilities. So I think for us to be able to do the bi-weekly is just going to be the best situation for us so we can be taking care of ourselves and giving our podcast the time and attention that we believe it deserves. Absolutely. I think you worded that perfectly. So I think moving forward for this episode specifically, um, we kind of like wrapped up uh, like this last month as well, just like what what we've been going through in terms of microdosing mushrooms, which is something that we have talked about several, several times on our podcast, especially um, in the earlier episodes of our podcast. We had a whole episode with our cousin Jessica about microdosing mushrooms. And in this episode, we go into our experience with it and kind of like what we've been doing lately and how it's been affecting us and just kind of a a mushroom update, I guess you could say. Yeah, because it's officially been over a year that you and I, well, over a year since you and I started microdosing, but we're going to talk kind of a, we're going to talk about that in the episode, kind of our journey with it. So, yeah. Yep. And then just keep listening and Um, If you want to find out more about us or our podcast, don't be afraid to check us out. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Patreon, and you can reach out to us and let us know any comments, anything you want us to talk about. Honestly, there's nothing more heartwarming than starting these conversations with our listeners and talking all about um, what we want to discuss. Yeah. Oh, TikTok as well. And (laughs) one last (laughs) And last thing, if you or someone you know would love to come on our podcast and talk about any of our five topics or anything related to that, um, just go on our website, unrefinedwomen.com. We have a schedule podcast uh, uh, page on there. You can actually schedule a time and we'll reach out to you and you can come be a guest on our podcast. All right, let's jump right into our episode. Okay, 
So today, we're going to talk a little bit about microdosing. It has been a hot minute since we've talked about microdosing. What episode was that? Like when we like actually formally talked mm. about microdosing on our podcast. It was within the first 10 episodes. I, I can't remember if it was episode yeah. six or something like that. It was around there. Yeah. Let me pull it up because I know it was like quite a long time ago. And then like listeners can go back and, and check out that episode real quick if they want to um, to really get the full. We could talk all about our microdosing. Um, where are we here? But yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about our journey because how long have you been mic- like, when did you first start microdosing? Because we are in July of 2022 right now. I started in early June of 2021. So it's been a little over a year since I began microdosing. Okay. I think I started after you. Mm-hmm. So I want to say, actually, I might have started in July now that I think about it. I think this is like my one year anniversary. That makes sense. Okay. And by the way, so episode nine on our podcast, Microdosing Mushrooms with Jessica, and you all have heard some other episodes with Jessica as well. We love her. So that's where we really talk about our starting our journey with microdosing. And then we have our cousin on who kind of like consults people with mushrooms and all that. So she's very, very educated on the topic. So we had her on and we kind of get into all like our, all of our personal stories with like starting microdosing and what that was like and getting into some of the science of it and everything and the research. Mm -hmm. So here we are like a year in pretty much. And Agnes, have you consistently taken mushrooms over the last year or have you taken breaks? Can you walk me through this? I have taken breaks. So I took about, I want to say three months of microdoses, but that equals out to six months because you do every other month like you take them on and off every other month and um, share your share your dosage real quick like share like what your dosage is your dosages and how often you take it when I first started microdosing um, I had a month supply I can't remember how many capsules that is but it's enough to take a microdose one microdose every other day for a whole month and and it's point point two grams right or ounce you, I don't or what remember. is it? I'm not good with that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's 0.2 out. No, 0.2 gram or something in each capsule, if I remember. Yeah. So it's not enough to make you trip or like see any sort of like psychedelic vision. Um, not until recently, which I'll get into. Um, but I, when I first started Ooh. taking it, I just started noticing a lot of changes in my life. I'm not going to go into it because we do, I do have a blog post up on our website where I talk about my first m- few months taking microdoses. Um, so if you're curious mm-hmm. and like the experiences you'll have, then you can read that. And obviously everybody's different, but I would take, um, one microdose every other day or when I remembered, which was usually about that. Um, that was my first few months. And then over the winter, I want to see about the time that I moved, I kind of stopped just because like, I like I I finished my dose and then I was going on to my next month and I honestly like kind of forgot about it and I just kind of got to a thing where I was procrastinating on it and I just like I was just so busy with school and work I didn't feel like I needed to take it it was just one of those things where like I just stopped because I did and like no particular reason um and that went on up until about a few like a week or so ago 
where finally I was kind of like going through a lot and I'm like, I feel like I need to get back on microdoses. It's summer. I need to start like focusing on myself with a school year coming up in a few weeks. I really want to kind of deep dive into some of the issues that I feel like I've been struggling with for the last year. So I ended up getting another month worth of microdoses. My dosage this time is very different because in the past I was a little bit more conservative about my schedule, but this time I was a little more like, I don't want to say reckless because it's not reckless, but just more brave about like the amounts that I was taking. So the first time I took it, um, I took two and that was back at like a rave last month. And then when I started taking it consecutively, I took like one capsule and then the next day I took two and then kind of throughout the week, I started taking them more often, just kind of on a weird schedule. Sometimes I would take two. Um, and that, I think there's pros and cons to both. I would not recommend doing that if you're first starting out, because I think that can be very traumatizing because you're experiencing a lot versus like it's it brings a lot like to the surface yeah right like I think it's important to state that because it's not like mushrooms is not a drug that you take to escape (laughs) it makes you have to face your bullshit and it's, it's it can be hard yeah absolutely and I feel like in this month right now Well, right now we're recording in July and we're taking like a month off from the podcast where we're focusing on everything that we want to contribute to our podcast for the next year and um, just a little break before school starts. We're both focusing on all of these things. And also I'm Patrick, my spouse is gone on a military training for the month. So I'm completely alone, which is another topic. (laughs) Um, I'm living alone right now, which has been actually been fine. Like I had a lot more anxiety about it in the beginning because I grew up in a big family and I'm used to coming home and having someone here. I'm not used to coming home and being by myself. That is very foreign to me. I've never lived alone. I don't like that. So it's been weird to kind of get used to that. Um, so I just thought like right now is the perfect time for me to just, dive into microdosing and it's kind of like all or nothing. So since I've been taking them, I've been taking them more often and I feel like so much has come to the surface and I feel like, like kind of how you explained it. Like I'm not escaping. I'm actually experiencing all of this in like more of like a 3d vert, like version of it or 40 versus the way I've been experiencing life in the last year and just kind of like bypassing everything. And now I'm actually like moving through the motions every day. I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but that's kind of like where I'm at now with microdosing. Well, I feel like, you know, especially when life is really busy and we're trapped in survival mode all the time, which I mean, let's be honest, like the last two years, everybody's been trapped in survival mode just because of COVID and just all of the civil unrest in our country. And, um, and then like right now we're in like complete economic free fall right now, just like, 
everyone's broke. Like everyone I know is not financially okay and inflation is through the roof and everyone is working harder and harder and harder and longer hours and yet we're poor and poor. So I feel like everybody's like trapped in survival mode. And so when we're in that survival mode, we don't have time to like even deal with the traumas and the stress that we deal with on a daily basis, let alone all of the trauma and stress from the the rest of our lives. So we have to almost in a like a way just to survive and get through the day, we almost have to like repress all of that shit and push it down and not deal with it because there's just no time, no space, no capacity, no energy to deal with it. And so when you take mushrooms, like it forces you to have to deal with it. And that's why I think it's like, I get that, like needing to take a break from it. And I think that there's like an intelligence there. I can't remember if Jessica talked about this at all um, in our other episodes, but, but almost like if you are, if you believe in spirituality, you have a spiritual life, you have spiritual practices. Like, I think there's this belief that there is like some kind of spirit with mushrooms. There's like a spiritual some spiritual energy there. And so there's an intelligence with that. And I think that when we're in tune with our bodies and we're in tune with our minds and we're in tune with where we're at spiritually, we can kind of tap into that intelligence and we can intuitively know when and when we shouldn't be taking mushrooms, like when it's good for us. So you kind of intuitively knew that you needed to take a little break from mushrooms. And now you kind of are in this space again where you feel like, okay, I, I now have the capacity to unpack some of the, the shit that I've been going through in the last six months. And I have the space to be able to process that. And you're allowing yourself to kind of go through that. Absolutely. And I feel like I don't want to scare it. We don't want to scare anybody by saying, you know, this is not an escape. If anything, you're going to be miserable and experiencing all these things even worse and is partially that is true like you are going to be experiencing things in a stronger way but it's just like I don't know how to explain it it's like going to the gym and you're doing a really hard workout and it's like it sucks but like it kind of feels great (laughs) and once you're finished (laughs) You're like, you're sore and you're burnt out, but at the same time, like you feel so rewarded and you feel like you're just one step closer to where you want to be than you were an hour ago before you started your workout. So it's that similar mindset of Mm -hmm. going through something that fucking sucks, but it's like, there's this like dopamine that you also get with it. And just like the constant, because uh, like us as humans, we have a natural instinct to survive. Like we think about animals that do anything to survive. Like I think, um, what are those little insects that like eat their mates in order to fortify their, their, their praying mantises? I don't know. (laughs) It's like the same thing. Like for us, it's like, what the fuck? Like that's cannibalism, but it's survival. And it's weird to think about that with humans because We're not used to being like, oh my God, like we're surviving right now. We're so used to convenience. Like food is like easy to get. Like you just work and you just pay at the grocery store and you get it and you just do the motions, the things that you were taught in order to survive. But we don't really think about like the animal instinct of survival very often. I'm sure Mm -hmm. this is, and this is also another topic I've been thinking about, but the whole concept of like being 
the um what's it uh, what's it called the caretaker of a family so like not just being like fathers but some mothers they're the workers they're the ones to pull in the money and support the children and their family their spouse I think about how like mind-blowing that is that human beings go every single day especially seeing this in fathers it's like I have to do this because if I don't like my children will starve my wife like will not have like they will not survive <laughs> and right, just right. how us as humans like we I feel like we feed off of suffering we love suffering I think about like my saddest mm. moments and I'm like why am I so sad because I'm addicted to being sad I feel I want to feel sorry for myself <laughs> I'm like really calling myself out here but us as humans like we constantly sit there and ask ourselves why am I not happy why am I not happy because it gives us a bigger dopamine rush to sit there and feel sorry for ourselves than to be happy because survival is not fun it's not just happiness and we need to survive so mm. we feel like we need to use sadness and depression and anxiety in order to survive which is a natural human instinct mind blown oh that's an interesting way of thinking about it <laughs> hey everyone we hope you're enjoying this week's episode we'd like to take a quick moment to pause and tell you about our patreon Unrefined Women offers a pay-what-you-can model in which each tier has access to the same content and community. This follows our values that each person is worthy and deserving of connection, regardless of financial circumstances. And some of the benefits to joining our Patreon include access to our virtual monthly Sunday brunch, online private community where we share Q&As, memes, behind-the-scenes content, and general conversation. Additionally, we post a bonus episode each month. You can access our Patreon by downloading the Patreon app or going to patreon.com on your browser and looking up Unrefined Women. As always, we are so grateful for your support. Running a podcast requires a lot of time and financial commitment on our part. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. And now back to the episode. Okay, so I feel like I feel like what I'm hearing too is that like I, I'm thinking of my own experience too. I feel like I have so much anxiety all the time mm -hmm. and I'm constantly trying to think about all of the things that could potentially go wrong. And like I do that because I think that me having anxiety and being stressed out and thinking about all the things that could go wrong are going to prevent me from not surviving. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, but really I'm just, but like that's not actually true, right? That's not, I mean... I know that's not actually true, but for some reason I just go into that place mm -hmm. where I think that like, if like it feels safer to feel yeah. bad than to feel good. And I think, you know, you and I had this conversation last year when I started microdosing because I think, did you live with me when I first started microdosing? I think I lived with or you for like did the I first weekish that you started taking it. And then I, and then I wasn't with you, but I remember we talked like pretty much every single day when you were microdosing. Yeah, I'm I can't remember. I feel like I feel like maybe you came cuz you came and lived with me for like almost mm -hmm. a month, right? Like when Patrick was away at basic training yeah. last summer. And 
I, I think I might have started like right before you came. I, I don't remember. Either way, you were with me when I was going through some of the deep yeah. shit, like initially, because it was really hard for me that first month of microdosing. And I remember saying to you, like, I feel so bad right now. Like, I'm so depressed. I'm so low right now. And, and this is like in between, my, like you take a microdose and then you have like that day or two in between where you're like kind of processing stuff and it's, it's mm-hmm. rough. For me, it was rough at least. And I was like, I feel so depressed. I feel so low. But there's also this relief in that. I feel relieved because I know that like, I can't go any further down Mm, from here. Like this is it. Like I'm on the rock bottom. So there's that relief in the feeling terrible because I can only go up from here. And then whenever I feel good in life, I'm always like scared. Like it's like the higher you go, the further you're going to fall. Right. (laughs) So I think I kind of like, I think that's what I'm relating like my own experience, what I'm relating to when I just listened to like what you described, like we're so addicted to like feeling stress and depression and anxiety and all these things because we've been operating at it for so long and it becomes comfortable. And then when we feel joy and we feel gratitude, it's terrifying because it feels like this can now be taken away so quickly. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I also think that if I'm living in joy and gratitude, then I'm going to die something terrible is going to happen because I'm not watching my back at all mm, times yeah which is also that survival instinct like you never let yeah. yourself get distracted yeah don't let your guard down oh, don't enjoy the moment damn you know it's really <laughs> interesting though that you bring up that comment about you know this is as low as I can go because I feel like I'm the opposite because when I get anxiety and depressed I feel like I have so much further to fall. This sounds so depressing, but it's just interesting, like the parallel, because I'm at a point Mm. now, and maybe because I'm younger than you and you've had a lot more life experience, but this is the most, like, this is the peak of like what I've ever experienced. Like I'm an adult. I make my own decisions. I have a nice working car. Like (laughs) I have a stable job I'm in college like I have all of these things that a lot of people are wishing for but I have them and I feel so so eternally grateful for everything that I have in my life every day I constantly tell myself like I feel so lucky that I I have this but I also have the complete opposite experience and I step like I have been really addicted to my journal this last month and especially since I started microdosing when I journaled I was usually like a one two page type of person I'm running like 10 pages like I am completely mind blown with myself but I have been really tapping into the way that I felt when I've experienced like when I first started experiencing like depressive episodes and panic attacks when I'm like an early teenager and just how low and stuck I felt, just being isolated. I have no friends. I'm homeschooled. I'm experiencing domestic abuse, domestic violence, like all of these things that I'm experiencing in my life. And I would just fantasize about the life that I'm living now. And I feel very lucky, but at the same time, whenever I'm going through something, I have a bad day at work. I fuck up at work. I do something to hurt the people I love or anything like that, I end up feeling like this constant fear of it's just going to crash and fail. I'm going to go back to that version of myself that had nothing. So, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. 
as like all dark and shit. <laughs> I no, I mean, but I think it's I think it's real. I'm also wondering too because I'm like a younger millennial and you're like an older mm-hmm. Gen Z. And I know, like, for me as a millennial, like, a lot of the millennial pain body, I guess, is that we were kind of sold this lie about what being an adult is. You know, you're going to grow up and you're going to go to college and you're going to get this degree and you're going to graduate and you're going to get a great job and you're going to have a nice, like, middle class American Mm -hmm. life. And then, like, all of us millennials grew up and, like... For me, I graduated high school in 2009. Like the country was like in fucking free fall at that point because of the housing crisis, you know, and just everything was like destroyed (laughs) or, you know, just everything was fucked financially in this country, you know, so we grew up in this and and the world just sort of shatters mm-hmm. right and student like the cost of college keeps going up and up and up and up and it was like millennials like we we were told this whole thing about you're going to grow up and you're going to do just follow the plan go to college graduate get a job buy a house like get married have kids like everything's going to be great and we grew up and that world didn't exist anymore like you grow up you go to college and you sink yourself into six figures of debt and you get out and realize there's no jobs and the jobs you get mm-hmm. fucking suck and they don't pay shit. Oh, and houses are like, you know, three, three, four, five times the amount that our parents paid for, you know? So we kind of like, it's just like, I have so much resentment and I feel like that's the millennial pain body, right? Like what the fuck? Like I was told this is how life was going to go when I grew up and it was all a fucking lie. And I don't remember where I was going with this now, but <laughs> But I think that like that's that's I kind of like walk around with this chip on my shoulder like I'm bitter and I'm pissed off because this like I'm I'm working hard for what like this world doesn't even like I just feel like there's no way out of this like we're all trapped we're all mm-hmm. imprisoned in it. So I feel like maybe my pain's a little bit different like when I think about that like yeah I, I guess I have some of the same things like I have a working car I have a roof over my head I have groceries in my fridge at all times like I have the things on paper to survive but at the same time like I never feel like I'm thriving Mm -hmm. like I'm 31 years old I've only had a few times in my life where I felt somewhat financially secure and that never lasted long so I always feel like there's not there's not like something's gonna happen and I'm gonna go back to where I was I feel like I never left (laughs) that I feel like I've just been like in survival mode my whole life and the times where I wasn't in survival mode it's like I had to consciously make decisions to shift my perspective to just not focus on the fact that I'm trying to survive and I had to try to focus on other things but I've I've never been in a like a really secure place and I think that that's true for a lot of millennials and Gen Z so that's why I was saying I don't know what it's like for Gen Z because like a lot of Gen Z are born in the already fucked world. So, like, is Gen C just, like, born, just, like, coming into the world, like, yeah, we know shit's fuck. We're not even going to try to, like, play that fucking game. Like, I'm hoping that at least Gen Z, like, you're all not going to try to do what us millennials did. Because us millennials, like, fucking tried to live the American dream like our parents and grandparents did. And we got fucked. And I feel like Gen Z's over here, like, oh, no, I see how the millennials got fucked. I'm just not even going to give a shit. I'm just going to, like, create my own path and not even go that route because that clearly mm-hmm. didn't fucking work. So, well, what's I don't interesting know. is that I'm comparing this now to my generation where we grew up 
Well, I didn't grow up with phones. I got my first phone when I was like 13, 14 years old, which is, might be surprising to some of you older folks. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, like that <laughs> is a very young age to have a phone in social media. And even before then, having mm-hmm. access to like the family computer with Wi-Fi where you can go on YouTube and watch movies and experience like so let's talk about like the whole idea of like influencers and youtubers that's been around for a while like i feel like a lot of my younger years what were looking up to these youtubers and these social media influencers and you see the way that they live their lives and it's like oh my god they escaped like this like what you were just describing the american dream like that is not them they're doing something else and they're going down a different path that clearly gives them so much happiness so much perfection in their life and so so many of us in my generation aspire to do that not necessarily everyone being like oh I want to become famous on Instagram or I want to be a famous YouTuber some that's some people's dream but for the most part I remember you know being so consumed with seeing like rich people or people that are allowed to go on vacation all the time and can have that luxury and so for me I kind of lost this sense of like I never thought about money or I never thought about all these things I just thought like well it's going to end up working out because if all these people that I'm influenced by are able to just go on vacation they don't have to work a nine to five and if they do work a nine to five they're working like a really nice they like work at fucking google and shit so for me like I used to fantasize (laughs) about my life with no consequences I used to think about, oh my God, when I'm older, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to meet some like rich celebrity and we're going to get married. I'm going to go on vacation and I'm going to have a, this is the car that I want. This is the house I want with like, without (laughs) even thinking about like how I would get there because I'm so used to just see people will get rich overnight on the internet. I'm seeing that all the time. Right. So when I turned 17 or when I left high school and when I was like moving out, becoming an adult, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I felt so cheated because now it's like, well, I don't have any money. So I had to go work a job. So I'm working at a fast food restaurant. I'm making like $300 paychecks, which is, I can't imagine making that now. And I have no money, like no, nothing. Like I'm paying for my Spotify premium and that's all I can afford. <laughs> So with that, it's just like constantly feeling this sense of like confusion. If you like, if that makes sense, like how do Mm. I get out? Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I think that's just like the age of social media, all of us being on social media and growing up and realizing that none of that was real. And that's like a very small percentage of people that we're seeing on the internet that are successful. And even then I feel like more so in the last few years, especially since COVID, a lot of these people like influencers, famous people we follow on Instagram, people like celebrities, they're all coming out about the shit that they're struggling with, which are different than what Mm -hmm. we're struggling with because, you know, at least they can pay their bills, but they're still struggling with an equal amount of other fucked up shit. And so it's just kind of this like, yeah, like everyone's struggling with like mental, like mental health. Like that's a huge issue. It doesn't matter like what income bracket you're in. Like right now, 
everyone's struggling with their mental health. Exactly. And I feel like it's just my generation. Like we're all just trying to figure out how to gain that feeling that we used to fantasize about. I think so much about like fantasizing. That's Mm -hmm. all I did when I was younger, just creating things in my head, scenarios, like all like how my relationships were going to be the type of person that I wanted to be just like the kind of career that I wanted and just fantasizing about these things with no consequences and now as an adult I'm trying I'm like well where where was that feeling that I thought I was going to have at this age at this age I thought I was going to have all of these things yeah and I can't and there's no possible way for me to ever get to that point so now we're all trying to like figure out how to cultivate that and like our average non not fun lies <laughs> I don't know non-glamorous life okay this is so interesting so I feel like we were sold different lies like as a millennial I was sold like I fantasized as a child about growing up and being able to buy my own house and be able to like buy groceries and just like have my basic needs met mm-hmm. and have a good job and what I'm hearing and then I grew up and realized that oh wait that doesn't fucking like mm-hmm. exist anymore and then I feel like for you like growing up like as a Gen Z with access to the internet and social media you see you are focused in on celebrities and influencers and then you think that oh I'm going to grow up and I'm going to live this glamorous celebrity life and then you grow up and realize that, oh wait a second that's like the 0.01 percent yeah. of the population <laughs> so that's interesting we have like different yeah like different things we were yeah. sold huh so I have, I feel like there's this story I want, like quick mm-hmm. story I want to share. Um, this was like a conversation that I had at the bar with like a couple of guys that came in at one point. Um, and both of these guys, I think, well, I think one might've been like a baby boomer age and the other one was like maybe like a Gen mm-hmm. X or something. And just based, just, just observing the conversation between these two men, they were definitely like conservative, like white conservative men. So we got into this whole conversation and they like made some reference to me. They're like, oh, what generation are you? And I was like millennial. And of course the baby boomer was like, oh, millennials. (laughs) You know, and I was like, what do you mean? You know, of course I know that baby boomers just like whatever. So I was like, what do you mean? Oh, millennial. He's like, oh, you, you know, the typical shit that baby boomers say, oh, you millennials, like you don't know how to work. You just fight back against everything. Like you push back against like all the norms of like you, you can't just like work a job and you know, whatever. The typical stereotypical thing that they believe about millennials. And you know, and, and so then the guy that was Gen X, he was kind of like, yeah, he's, you know, and, and mind you, this is at the bar. So both of these guys are like a few drinks in at this point. So the Gen X guy is like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I feel like my generation and then like your generation, like talking to the baby boomer guy, he's like, yeah, I feel like our generation, like we just, you know, we just sort of like put our heads down we went to work. We worked a long time, you know, and we just sort of like did our thing. We didn't fight back. We didn't like you know and I was like yeah like you guys definitely just like conformed right like you guys had to just like conform to what was normal and that's how you survived right and like and again I'm like I was strategically saying specific words because I knew I was talking to conservative men and like think about conservative people right now they're all like oh freedom liberty individual rights I'm not gonna conform right so 
I'm like, yeah, you guys had to like conform to survive. Like you had to put your heads down to sort of like sell yourselves, like sell like what you really wanted to do to like survive. And like you see like the wheels starting to crank in their head <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I guess we kind of did. And I was like, yeah, I mean, did you guys like feel like you couldn't like question like what was considered normal and you had to just sort of like go with where society was going and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, kind of. And I'm like, yeah, that's what's so cool about being a millennial. Like, we're all about, like, liberty and freedom, like, pushing back against, like, what's considered normal, like, asking questions, like, living into our truth. And, like, you see them, like, they were like, yeah, actually, that's, wow, huh. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, oh actually. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, I love this. Like, I totally, like twisted that whole narrative this baby boomers like oh you millennials don't just work and i was like well, wait a second we're pointing out like problems in society like we can all agree right now that there's problems in society yes well my generation is cho choosing to not turn the other eye we're fucking fighting back against this shit they're like oh it kind of makes sense so it's like explaining things to children oh my and gosh you just, like watch like the wheels turning in their head <laughs> like oh that makes sense <laughs> yeah right so well, oh my god this is so funny how this conversation turned from microdosing and then it's like now but it's cool it's turned into like our some of the realizations yeah. I think we've had from microdosing that's the biggest that. thing about microdosing for me is just having so many strong realizations about everything and like just yeah. like changing perspectives and understanding things in a new way, being able to connect with people in a different way. That's what's so beautiful about it. So where are you at with microdosing right now? You know, like a year into the microdosing and then taking a break and then restarting it again. So right now I'm, um, I say like a week or a couple weeks into microdosing, I kind of lose track of time with them and I've kind of switched things up versus last time. So the last time that I was microdosing, I would always just take them in the morning every other day. And I was doing that at first. And then I had like, I can't, I don't want to say like a really bad panic attack because I don't want to scare anybody, but kind of like an existential crisis for like three days where I just felt so much like just so many feelings and emotions about my life and the things that I was doing in my routine, I just felt so burnt out, like a really bad phase of burnout. And I knew that it was my microdoses. And I felt that it was also the fact that I was taking my microdoses in the morning when in the morning, usually I have a very specific routine in order for me to not have anxiety in the morning. Cause I get really bad anxiety and the morning is like the prime time for anxiety. Cause you have your whole day ahead of you. You don't know what's going to happen that day. If you're going to have a good day or a bad day or what's going to happen. And by taking my microdoses in the morning, at that, not usually in the past, but for this time around, it was just giving me anxiety in the morning. So um, I consulted with um, our cousin Jessica, and she mentioned that I should try taking my microdoses when I get home from work, which is about 5.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. So I actually started doing that, and it has been helping so much. And 
in the morning instead of because this time like my microdoses are honestly kind of like giving me more of an effect I can feel them and my system more so in the past so during the day I kind of have more I guess you could say like I hate saying like high versus sober because it's not technically what it is but you would kind of compare it because your senses are slightly altered so um, when I come home from work and I take my microdoses, I'm able to just really enjoy my evening and relax. And um, I can sit down and read a book or um, do what I need to do. I don't really like want to come when I take my microdoses when I get home from work. I don't just feel the urge to binge eat and sit in front of the TV and watch TV until bedtime, which is what I typically have did over the winter when I took a long break from microdoses. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at as well. So I'm curious because um, I know last year you were doing the every other microdose. Do you feel like taking it every day is helping you? Is it a better, better schedule for you? Oh, no, I still take it every other oh, day. I don't know okay. if I said that, but I think I misunderstood. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes, depending on the day, like sometimes I'll be in the mood to take it and I'll take it that day. But for the most part, I'm doing it every other day unless I forget. Um, and then there's been a few times that I'll take two. If it's like a Friday night, I'm feeling a little crazy. <laughs> um, I'll just take two, just depending on my mood. Yeah. Um, does it prevent you from sleeping well? Like, do you get a burst of energy from taking it at night? Or are you still still able to go to bed at your normal mm-hmm. time? I'm still able to go to bed. Um, I mean, if anything, like it gives me more energy, like needed energy in the afternoon because okay. In the past, I would just get home from work and I would just be completely shot. Like I don't – I felt like I got hit by a semi when I get home from work. And by taking my microdoses, it kind of gives me this extra boost of like natural energy so that I'm able to carry out my day. And I used to just pass out at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And it was to the point where I could not get anything productive done on my weeknights. But instead, I'm able to be slightly more productive and then go to bed at like 9, 10. Um, and I'd still get about like a similar amount of sleep. So it doesn't really make a difference in my sleep. Okay. That sounds like it's going to be really useful when your classes start up again too and you need to do homework at night. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But what about you, Margaret? Where are you at with microdoses? Well, I'm kind of like in the same boat as you where I just started microdosing again a little more consistently. And I didn't take time. Well, I took some time off, I should say. Back around December, January, those two months, I don't know if I microdosed at all. I might have microdosed like once or twice in those two months. And that's because we were mm-hmm. right in the middle of our move and we had so much going on. And microdosis for me kind of makes me or forces me to take a step back from all of my craziness and have to folk, like prioritize my self-care. And um, those two months, we were going through so many life changes. I mean, really, I should have been taking care of myself, but I, we were we there was so much to get done. I just had to kind of, in this unhealthy way, kind of abandon myself just to get through those couple of months. So I didn't really microdose, and I and I have microdosed here and there, but it was more like couple times a month, you know, really nothing crazy. So I just started getting back into doing it consistently. Um, and for me consistently right now, 
looks like taking one microdose, um, waiting a couple days, and then just kind of feeling it out. Maybe I'll take one microdose. Sometimes I take two microdoses, which is like a 0.4. That's kind of where I'm at. So we're just going to see what happens. I struggle a little bit with microdosing. I'm kind of going through again what I went through last year when I first started it. I think because the last six to eight months of my life has been so tumultuous with so much changes. Um, and I've gone through a lot. It's making me have to kind of unpack all of that and go through all the stuff that I pushed down and did not work on. Um, during that time. So it's been, it's been a little, I could feel that it's a little bit rough right now and it's probably going to be a little bit rough for about a month or so, but I just got to get back into it and kind of weather the storm. And I know that getting through that and working through Mm -hmm. just all of my shit and working through my mental health stuff, it's, I know that it's on the other side is going to be a much healthier place for me. I just have to get through it. Yeah. And me observing your life, I don't know how you do it (laughs) because you're the biggest sister of nine kids. And when I tell you throughout time and probably even now, so many of us siblings have gone to Margaret because she's such an easy person to talk to. And so there have been points where like three different siblings are just like attached to you. And we're all just calling you like, (laughs) oh my God, going through this stuff. We're just like feeling really close to you and wanting to be close with you, which is a great thing. Like I'm sure there are a lot of things that you appreciate about being the oldest sibling, but that can be extremely exhausting. And, um, I don't know, for example, like our phone bill, our phone payments, that's all like Margaret (laughs) is the like account owner. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get into this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and we just recently switched from one carrier to another. And poor Margaret, I am so sorry, has had to deal with this transfer. How many of us? There's like six accounts. No, it's eight. It is just eight accounts. Com- eight accounts. It has just been a complete and total shit sandwich. <laughs> and Margaret has had to deal with it. And there's been a few things that I've had to do because I was like also an account share or something. And even my side, I am like, I have no patience for you guys. (laughs) Just like complete and total impatience for everybody and everything. And Margaret has been handling it so well. And I know that it's extremely stressful, but there's just so many other things that you're also dealing with, like working full time and being a mother and handling this move that you guys just did and sustaining a relationship and then also being an older sister, of course, the microdoses are telling you to take a step back. (laughs) And, you know, there's not very many things that you can do to take a step back because that's just life. But I just have to give it up to you. You're doing a fucking amazing job regardless. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. Mm. So, and just for the record too, like I, I do love being the oldest sister and I love being attached to all of my siblings. I love that. I think my only frustration is just with most things in life, I really do love almost everything that I do. And I love all the people around me. I think my frustration is just always that there's never enough minutes in the day to give to all of the things Mm. and all of the people that I love. So that's my hardest. That's the biggest thing that I struggle with. So yeah, let alone myself and not enough energy within those hours. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should get wrapped well, up and do our gratitude prompt. 
Mm, Margaret, what are you grateful for today? Mm, let's see. What am I grateful for today? Um, It's kind of early-ish, I guess, for me because my schedule's all messed up. So I'm just going to go simple and say that right now I'm just grateful for coffee because that's what's keeping me alive this morning. <laughs> mm. How about you, Agnes? What are you grateful for today? Um, I'm actually going to say the same thing. I'm really enjoying coffee right now and I don't do anything fancy. I just do like a, um, the, you know, the brand silk, they have a creamy cashew Ooh, milk, yes, unsweetened. And I am obsessed with it. It's so good. And that same brand also has a protein milk. It's like pea protein with like cashews and almonds. Oh. And you guys, if you want a good dairy free, um, milk alternative for like coffee creamer. I prefer, or I recommend those two milks. They're amazing with coffee. So, um, I am enjoying coffee and I'm also enjoying monsoon season because it's monsoon season in Arizona. And this morning when my Alexa system woke me up, it was telling me the weather and it's like thunderstorms all day today. And I was like, Ooh, yay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You know, what's so weird. Like just quickly here before we get off is that like since moving to Texas, I swear to God, Texas is like having the weirdest, I mean, okay, it's okay. I've just moved here. It's like my first two months. I don't know shit, but everybody's telling me that Texas is having like the weirdest fucking summer. Everybody's like, it is so unusually hot here. It is drier than usual. And it has not even been raining. Like it's barely rained since we've moved here. Like literally guys, mm. I think I brought Las Vegas to Texas. And I think that <laughs> and then Las Vegas is like flooding, like fucking raining like crazy and oh. flooding like the Bellagio Casino like got flooded, like the casino floor. So yeah, I, th I, I think it. we like just switch places. <laughs> you know, okay, without going off on a tangent, I just started um, my environmental science class. And when I tell you the good shit that I'm learning right now... <laughs> Um, I don't like science, but that's like the gen ed I had to choose. So I chose environmental science and I was looking at a map of like global warming and the, the effects and it did show Texas is actually in a, like a really bad drought and it has been for the last like several years. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah. From one and drop like to the another. Arizona, like, yeah, the Arizona Las Vegas area has been having like more flooding. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, we're back, guys. Yay. Thanks for tuning in for our first, I'm so first episode. I guess this is sort of like season two. So here we go. Yes, I'm so excited for all the new episodes that we're going to record. And of course, please give us recommendations. We love hearing what you guys want to talk about and just expanding more on that with modern day topics or our top topics that we discuss or anything else. Please let us know. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. By the way, your hair looks super cute. I like that French oh, braid. Thank you. Let me see the back. Let me see the back. Turn around. <laughs> Can you see it? <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Did you do it yourself? Yeah. Oh, I could never French braid I hair. I can't like, see the back, so I don't know what it looks like. But no, it looks so cool. The only reason I could, because like my hair is all French braided, the only reason I can do it is because I have no hair. Mm-hmm. Can you see it? Yeah, it's cute. I don't know if you could. Yeah. I just left over from work yesterday, and I just come home and go mm. to bed and not give a shit. Oh my god. Yeah, look at us, our French braided hair. All right, so where the crawdad sing? I'm gonna have to maybe read the book then before I watch the movie. I feel yeah. like is that like a classic? I feel like that's like one of those classic it's, books, right? It's not a classic, but it was one of the like top books of like I don't know which year it was, but it was just like recently within the last few years, it was like really hyped about. Like a lot of people really liked it. So okay. Yeah, like I, I'm on a lot of like book talk and I'm on Goodreads, which is like a reading app with like a big reading community. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos of people that like read books. <laughs> and a lot of them have like, like that's like the one book that like everybody has read except for me. So, Well, you know what? You and I both love to read fiction lately. I feel like we're both in like a fiction phase. Mm-hmm. Just trying to t- like give our brains a rest from all the research and information so maybe you and I could like read that book together or listen to it like in the same month or something Ooh, that could be really cool because and I don't know if this is true because I researched it and I couldn't really find anything on it but our cousin Jessica said that the author of that book I don't remember her name but she went into like isolation for several years when she wrote that book (gasps) Because the oh the whole story of where the crow dead sing is the main character was like she was barely raised. And then when she was really young, like her dad, I can't remember if he like left or whatever happened, but she just raised herself from like a very young age in like this marsh woods area. I, I don't remember which Carolina it was, but somewhere over there. And she's in severe isolation. And so that's where a lot of like the issues arise and like her personality is based on this concept of isolation. Um, Mm. And I can kind of relate to that a little bit. So I think that that could be a really cool book for us to read together and talk about. So why do you feel that you relate to that? Because I was homeschooled. like okay yeah like growing up I just didn't really have like a big community and I feel like it was so lonely I I mean I'm really lucky that I had like 
I had my family and we have a big family, so I can't exactly relate to the feeling of isolation, but I struggle now with like severe social anxiety because the only people I've was like required to socialize with was my family. And it's easy to socialize with your family, Mm -hmm. especially when you're young. So then as I'm getting older and I'm in high school and I'm going to college, I'm like, or like working a job, like I cannot hold a conversation with someone. Like I get so much anxiety. Like I'm one of those people where in the middle of a conversation or like once we finish like small talk, I fucking hate small talk. But once we're done, I'm sitting there just like thinking about what I said. I'm like, God, Agnes, you're so stupid. <laughs> like, Oh no. <laughs> I, I know it sounds so toxic, but it's just, yeah, I feel social anxiety isolation i don't know from the way i was raised oh my god i think oh i'm just thinking about my like my job like that's my job all day long is like talking to people like literally they like starting a conversation Mm -hmm. and getting to know someone and then because i hate small talk too like i just don't really know how to do it for me as a bartender i'm constantly like trying to find how to get the conversation to like that deeper level you know Mm -hmm. get to a a deeper place where you can like really connect with someone not just on a surface level um yeah but okay so but something that i think that has helped me with social anxiety because you know we have what is it a nine-year age gap 11 something like that 11 year age gap because we have an 11 year age gap like I kind of remember like being your age too. And I think that my social anxiety was way worse when I was your age. So I say that like in a hopeful way, like it's something that with years of practice, it'll probably get, hopefully get easier for you. Mm -hmm. But I think something that has helped me with social anxiety is understanding that like everybody has social anxiety to some degree. Like there's like a spectrum, right? And everybody has got some degree of social anxiety at any given point in time. And we just have different ways of coping with it or masking it. Most people are like masking it in certain ways. I know I do. Like I constantly people like compliment me. Like you seem so confident in conversation. Like you seem so extroverted. Like you like, and I'm constantly like, really? (laughs) But I also like realize that I've just developed, like, I've also gotten really good at masking and hiding when I have social anxiety or like when I feel insecure. So... I think when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I always kind of have that in the back of my head that this person probably feels a little nervous right now. This person's probably feeling a little socially awkward. So I'm always in this like mindset of like, what can I, what questions can I ask and what can I say to help this person feel more at ease and help them feel like heard and seen and welcomed. And then that just kind of like kind of helps the conversation move for some reason. I don't know why, but it helps me get out of my head, I guess, and focus more on curiosity about the other person and helping them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. As I'm saying, that's that's probably also like a trauma response, yeah. <laughs> like growing up in like an unsafe environment. You're constantly trying to read the other person, right? And like gauge where they're at because it's like a safety thing too. So... Yeah, I don't know, but it's interesting. Look at that. We just went from the crawdad saying to social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to read we're going to read the crawdad saying in the next couple of months if any listeners want to read it too. Oh, we should start a book club. How fun would that be? <laughs> I you know, I've been thinking about it cuz I'm one of those people that where like when I read a book, 
or when I watch a movie, I feel like I need to tell people to share my opinion on it and like hear what their opinions are as well. Like I love to strike conversations about books and movies and shows, which is literally what Margaret Uh, and I do. That's like 90% of our conversations like outside of the podcast. So, okay, here's what, here's what I'm going to do. I am right now going to start a post in Patreon. So guys go to Patreon. We have a Patreon and for should we do august or september because this episode's not gonna drop until like beginning of august probably should we go september maybe to give everyone time let's go september okay the month of september agnes and i are going to be reading is it where the crawdads sing yeah or yeah we're going to be reading that book and we're going to be posting our thoughts on patreon so if any of you want to get get involved go on patreon Okay. There we go. Ugh, now I Boom. Have, now I have Advertisement homework. for Patreon. <laughs> right. We both have homework now. 